Just don't do it, don't do it. But if you don't go down on him, how can you expect him to go down on you? I don't. Oh, but forget it. I only give head to get head. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back. Episode 7. Episode 7. What is this episode called? Miranda slash Sarah. This is called The <laughs> Monogamous, and this was a fantastic episode. I really wish that you had been sitting next to me while I was watching it because I kept pausing it and then like laughing like a maniac and then writing notes down. And Dakota was like, you should see your face right now. Because I was just so in love with this episode. <laughs> I was also just like, it was almost stressful to watch this episode. Because I was like taking so many notes. I was, I had to get my phone camera out and just start taking pictures of the subtitles on the screen. So I could like get the quotes perfect. Because they were just, oh yeah, like bang, bang, bang. Um, I am drinking a glass of shard um a california shard <laughs> it, it may or may not be um you know eh, i yeah. actually just had a decaf coffee and a piece of pie and oh, then nice. i got a glass of wine because i just thought and i set a candle and i put a cozy sweater on cheers love it Virtual the night before cheers. thanksgiving night before thanksgiving ching, ching. and i was um biggest bar I, night <laughs> yeah big, biggest bar night of america <laughs> Um, <laughs> vintage. That is like so vintage. <laughs> I know. Um, I was just. Um, think- mm-hmm. Well, I had a couple housekeeping things before Ooh. we get started. Um, this episode. Please. So I want to give. We have a bunch of new fans and a lot of really happy listeners, mm-hmm. and I've gotten some great feedback. Lots of laughs. Um, I've gotten some okay feedback, mostly from my family. Um, yeah. from my my dad, and I really like this. He said. I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think it's really cute. And I thought that was just. <laughs> so that's been the worst feedback we've got so far, pretty much. And I, so I, I, I want to I give a shout out to um, the people who've said really wonderful things because we do this, we do this for you. <laughs> and for us, too. Um, and for us. For Miranda. For Miranda. Um, yeah, shout out to Betty Boop, who left a really nice comment on our iTunes oh my God. podcast. It was really nice and it made us feel really good. It made my day. It, that it, kept me going throughout that day. It kept me yeah. going. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Um, well, we need to get into this episode. Was there anything other than some fan shout outs or can we get into it? Um, I say let's get into it. Um, we do have some new chimes. Um, yes. Do you want to go over episode. that? Um, when, yeah, when it comes up, I think um, we'll give it a ring. Oh, teaser. I like it. Yeah. So um, keep a keep an ear out for some new chimes. We have a lot of new things to track. As we yeah. get into season one, um, the show is improving. The writing is is improving. The characters are becoming more developed. So we've got a lot more to track. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's we'll so much more. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So let's start with a summary. Um, the episode, like we said, is called The Monogamous. And this episode focuses on loosely the concept of monogamy. Carrie explores this through her very wonderful relationship with Big, which is put into question when she sees him out on a date and he lets her know that he's dating other women. And Samantha, in true Samantha uh, fashion, uh, shows her disinterest in monogamy through cheating on her real estate broker with another broker. 
Um, Miranda, this theme is shown through Miranda throughout the episode when she sees Skipper. He's back, finally, and she runs into Skipper on the street while having dinner, and he is man of the town with another lady, and she wants him back. Um, That gives us such an amazing scene between Skipper and Miranda. And then lastly, the theme is explored through Charlotte with um, she's in a monogamous relationship, but it does not turn out as as she hoped because she will not give the guy a blowjob. And that's deal breaker for him in a monogamous relationship. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Um, how about some, I'm going to give my gut reaction. I'd love to hear yours. Okay, go for it. This is, this is the best episode by far. Um, just because there's great, great banter between the women. There's great material to discuss. There's also great kind of material to compare like dating then versus now. And um, I I also just have a lot of mixed feelings too about the various scenarios, especially Charlotte's scenario. So, um... oh, there is so much to talk <laughs> about. There is so much to talk about this episode. Um, I think we should first really dive into the Carrie and Big. You know, we yes. left off with Carrie with this giant kind of question mark. You know, are we something? And he kind of answers it with a, could we could be. be, you know. And then this question, this episode kind of answers that question for us. And, you know, it starts off, they're so happy. Everyone knows that feeling like when you first start kind of dating somebody and you're so enthralled, you know, she even says to her friends, she's kind of disappeared from her friend group, right? Which was very, it was very Carrie. There was a lot of Carrie tracking in this plot line. Um, Carrie is just completely um, consumed by Mr. Big. And she starts to realize that maybe he doesn't feel as similarly. Yeah. That, yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was like great to kind of see them in the beginning, just smooching and just, feeling like amazing together about town. Carrie even says, um, refers to them as us, quote unquote. And yeah, it it just, you can visibly see that high and um, exclusivity is going to be a a huge thing that comes up for them in this episode. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that this is where it's, the episode is actually having more of a kind of a modern day take on dating because I know for so many people, including myself and other friends, exclusivity um, comes up in relationships mm-hmm. and it has so many ridiculous meanings sometimes. Sometimes you're exclusive, but you're not boyfriend and girlfriend. I realized that Einstein's law of relativity would have to be amended to include a special set of rules. Those to explain the peculiar effects of infatuation. Hello. Hi. I'm trying to get hold of a Miss Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, Miranda calls up Carrie and mm-hmm. uh, get into it. Tell me, Sarah, what happened. She, there? I love how she's it. She's like, is this my friend Carrie Bradshaw? You know, and Carrie's like, I know, I haven't called. And it seems like she probably hasn't talked to them in weeks. This is before texting, before social media. Carrie has pulled a classic, drops off the face of the earth because she's so absorbed Mr. Big. Wants to make it up to Miranda and they the girls go out to dinner to kind of do a catch up. And then the girls fill Carrie in on what their how their lives are going. We get introduced to Samantha's issue this episode, which is finding a new apartment. And then um, Charlotte says that she is dating this guy, that he is, as we have our new chime, he is the one. 
I think this might be it. I think this might be the one. So yes. Yeah. Our new our new chime is every time Charlotte says she thinks she's met the one. <laughs> and this is actually We're gonna track no- it. We're gonna track it. And I think this is actually number two. Because I think number yeah. one happened a few episodes ago. So, um, yeah, yeah we, I, I'm not fully sure, but we do. We, we strongly believe it has and it happened before. And it's only been seven episodes. So this is the reason we're going to track it. Because in seven episodes, should a character assert that they have found the one? That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a bold statement. Yeah, um, it's really bold. But at this brunch, when we have this, um, you know, all the girls are kind of sharing what's been going on and what Carrie has missed. Carrie is just so enamored by Mr. Big. And when the mm-hmm. girls are leaving the restaurant and, you know, Carrie's had a fun night, they're feeling good, she sees Mr. Big across the restaurant with a pretty brunette. And she goes up so confident, like like assumes maybe it's a work dinner or something. Mm-hmm. Like she is confident when she struts over. And she's kind of confused. And then she pulls him aside really quickly. And she's like, are you on a date? And he's like, well, mm-hmm. well yeah. Oh, my so God. So bold. You know what? I don't think I'd have the balls to do that. I don't know. No. You know, I don't know. I don't know. What would you do in this situation? Okay. Well, ideal me would go up, you know, but real me would would be so sad. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do. Okay. I know I don't what, know I, what would I would do. do. I okay, know what me. I would do. <laughs> and this is coming... From like just like a deep Miranda type of approach, yes. which is I would I would probably go up and just say hi and introduce myself and act like I don't give a fuck and and be okay super, yes and be super nice to the other woman and um just be like maybe oh, give yeah, her a like, compliment <laughs> yeah throw in a compliment oh my gosh those earrings are really nice those are cool. Um, almost like flirt with her a little bit. And yeah, then, exactly. And then just, and then leave, or as you say a lot of the time, kill, kill them with kindness and just be like, have a oh, great yeah. night. Like, let's, let's catch up soon. <laughs> and then wait till our next meetup. Yeah, yeah, IRL, exactly. And just absolutely eviscerate him. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> I would just okay, crucify I him. I think... <laughs> early 20s me would have just like gotten drunk and then like mentioned it when I was drunk that I was upset I think me now I would ha- be able to have the conversation but there were a lot of times in which I thought that like I- I've been very confused by men before by which I'm like <laughs> I thought this was something and it's clearly not um, and but never ever had the balls to um Say something. Um, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Are you on a date? Sort of. I thought you said you had a business thing tonight. I said a dinner thing. Well, she's stunning. <laughs> and I should know because, frankly, she stunned me. Well, um, enjoy your dinner. But you know what the thing is? I love that Carrie walked right up to Big and she, you know, I think probably had a couple of glasses of wine. They said they had a few bottles and I like that she went up, but I felt so embarrassed for her. I felt mm-hmm. so embarrassed for her. And I love mm-hmm. how the girls' faces um, 
Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda just knew, like, oh, keep on walking. Like, they knew it was trouble. Yeah, and also, this is, like, another moment where Carrie's just showing her cards. Where I'm like, dude, like, she's showing how much she cares. And, like, I think it's, I th- I do think it's honorable that she's showing that she has feelings and... She's not afraid to hide that, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like the right time or place to be doing that. And I um, I, yeah. I wish they actually showed more of the reaction of the uh, Julia character, because if I, I know, was Julia, right? I would be like, WTF, and like it would really put <laughs> like a sour mood on the rest of the date. Yeah, how is that rest of the date going? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> But this, you know, kind of leads Carrie down the path, this episode of, again, once again, like the previous episode, spiraling and wondering, you know, what does this mean? And I think there was this great line in the episode where, and this is complete Carrie Tracker, like Carrie Tracker to the max, when she says, um, oh my God, I have the quote. So she said, so many questions I wanted him to, I wanted to ask, but at least not tonight. No, tonight I would ask Miranda. And then it, it cuts to Miranda and and Carrie having dinner. And then Miranda, once again, having to be the wise friend who's at the receiving end of Carrie's neuroses and trying to dissect, you know, and she can't even follow what Carrie's saying. At one point, Miranda's like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? Because Carrie's just completely spiraling. Yeah, that's our Carrie tracker moment. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Yeah, there it is. That moment at dinner. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But I don't know. Do you, yeah, do you and, at that and, dinner, Miranda runs into Skipper. Should we get into that or should we keep talking about Carrie and Big? Well, yeah, just with the Carrie um, and Big situation. Um, yeah, I, I feel for her and... Um, I don't. I don't know. My. my but do you, okay. Like, so do do you think that people are exclusive only if they've had a conversation, or exclusivity can be assumed? I think. Okay, this is what I think. I think that you need to have the conversation, but I also hate that people purely rely on that. Like, oh well, we didn't. We didn't say we we're exclusive. So blah blah blah. But it's like we're not all sociopaths out here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be respectful and know that someone might have feelings. Like, don't don't play dumb and be like, well, we weren't exclusive. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how I feel. I think that's maybe the more mature way to go about it. Um, but I've tried to explain, um, like, non-monogamous relationships to my mom and, like, having the talk and exclusivity. And she would always get so confused by all the different labels I was like, well, they're not dating, but they're a thing because they're hooking up. And she's like, are they dating or are they not? Are they together? Like, it (laughs) does not make – and even to this day, my mom, it just does not make sense to her. Whereas I'm like, if someone said, well, we're kind of hooking up, we're a thing, I'm like, well, I get what you're saying. Right. No, I am actually completely in your mom's boat because I I refuse to try to understand the language (laughs) of (laughs) – I refuse to participate (laughs) in that, like, bullshit. (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and it was funny because when I um (laughs) I remember when I started dating Dave like he really was like wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend and he's also not American so it's like 
I don't know if it's an American thing where he's just around the, like, not really around those kinds of behavior or, or dating type of norms mm-hmm. where he was kind of like, I was, and I was saying, so like, we're like boyfriend and girlfriend, like we're not just exclusive, right? And he's saying like, he's like, yeah, I don't really get that. <laughs> and I was like, neither do I. <laughs> like, this is going to work. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to think with. Why do people do that? <laughs> so Dakota said that on, because, well, he was funny. He was watching this, ep- like kind of, he was cooking and watching this episode of my shoulder. And he's like, <laughs> so, you know, I went on a date after we went on a date. I was like, bullshit. No, you didn't. He was trying to make me, trying to. Trying to, as I like to say, put a little salt in the meal just to make it a little spicy, <laughs> spicier. But in the open wound, just a little. In the open wound. Yeah. So, but he said that after our first date, he deleted all of his dating apps, and we didn't meet on a dating app, but he was on them, and so he del- so that was almost like, oh wow, this is the no apps are on your phone after our first date, which you know this is, and my mom would be like, what does that mean? <laughs> she would be even confused. <laughs> no, by that's that. impressive, actually. Yeah. That's pretty impressive after a first date. Yeah. It was a good first date. Well, he um, he, he went in for the kill. He knew he was going <laughs> in for the kill. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, okay, so I – and then so Carrie actually brings something up about monogamy. And because this episode is titled The Monogamous, I think we have to talk about the concept of monogamy because it comes up a lot on the show and also in dating – Carrie states and asks the question, do men have an innate aversion to monogamy? And then we've got some great breaking of the fourth wall. Like we're back to the Sex and City's back to its old first season tricks, breaking the fourth wall with absurd characters. Like the water delivery guy said, um, (laughs) I've been monogamous for a year, except my definition of monogamy includes sex with prostitutes. (laughs) <laughs> like what? And then, then then this one girl who's lying on a beach chair says something like, monogamy is profound. You don't have to shave your legs as much. I mean, like, just corny as fuck stuff <laughs> that these characters say. But it brings up the question about monogamy, what we think about it. We're both in kind of long-term monogamous relationships. Um, thoughts? Well, yeah, I actually have a... Um... Carrie, um, but then I wondered. She didn't say but, but she said I wondered. But I couldn't help but wonder. Is monogamy too much to expect? Ooh. And, yeah. And Mm. um, my answer is no. Um, There are plenty of of people who want to be monogamous. Um, I will say that, like, it, it is difficult, um, mm-hmm. you know, and my partner and I have talked about, you know, at times maybe opening up the relationship physically, that is, not emotionally. Um, we still haven't really gotten anywhere with that. But I know I know that it's, mm-hmm. I mean, some people kind of view it as it being like, pretty difficult or or um maybe even unnatural to expect that mm-hmm. because we are like humans and uh, we have carnal desires <laughs> i don't know carnal physical like desires I, I no like i know exactly what you're saying and it's i remember growing <laughs> up and the idea of a relationship that wasn't two people felt like very scandalous 
right? Like I yes, like the yes. concept of something that wasn't monogamous was really introduced to me probably in like women's studies or something or like post-college or during mm-hmm. college and then in New York City where I met people who had open relationships. And, and I just, I know me right. and I don't, that's not... Um, so there's, there actually, I, I was thinking about this when I watched the episode about open relationships versus monogamy. And a lot of people who... Um, want to be in a monogamous relationship they, they're like I, I couldn't handle being in an open relationship right like jealousy a lot of times jealousy and security yeah. and I've heard that a lot of people who are in open relationships or polyamorous relationships have a higher degree of compersion and compersion is the opposite of jealousy it's like pleasure through someone else's pleasure like like it, your enjoyment has nothing to do with me so I'm going to be happy that you can find happiness without me um, I want to yeah. be that kind of person I don't know if that I don't know if I am I think for a long time being in New York City, I was really afraid of monogamy and I was afraid of being in a relationship because I I think that in monogamy there there are challenges and you do you can get hurt and there's pressure and there's expectations, Um, but being in in a long kind of a longer term monogamous relationship, I mean three years, you know it brings a lot of intimacy and satisfaction and joy in other ways. Um, But I'm glad that this episode brought this question up because I do think it's very relevant today, very relevant. Totally. And this might be like an unpopular opinion, but I feel that um, partnership, for me at least, doesn't feel like it's actually, like sex doesn't actually seem to be the anchor or weight of the relationship. A lot of it's yes, like really just like emotional and being together and getting through like day-to-day routines and coexisting and, and, and being there for the other person and um, having meals together. And I kind of view sex as kind of the fantasy for, or the arena for fantasy. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a lot to expect all the boxes to be checked off in a relationship, which is why I think I'm, slightly interested in what a um, open physical relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts. But as far as as Big goes and Carrie goes, <laughs> he's completely entitled to dating other people. But I just think, for me, I just like look at Big and I'm like, you're greedy. Yeah, like, you're greedy. You have like and, this and fantastic... Older. You're older, and also like, I get he, I, I understand he was married before, but all, and like it's important to date other people because, you know, it's important to like have more in your, <laughs> more people to date in your portfolio to get to know yourself, um, but at the same time, it's, um. I don't know. I I just found like he was at a fantastic restaurant with another beautiful person, and it. It just seems like almost like a quantity over quality type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. But, I felt for um, Carrie, but at the same time, I wouldn't have like lost my cool the way she did. Yes. And this, you know, this leads us more into the episode where, you know, the, the spiraling is a huge part of it. And then we're introduced to a fantastic guest star who double dips guest starring in this series, Justin Throw. Um, and Justin Throw kind of played. Oh my right? god! Like it's insane. Sarah, there's another I, actor that double dips too. 
Wow. There's a second actor if, that double double dips. Were there different writers? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened? Like, that's very strange in a show to have guest stars, notable guest stars, play two different very two different actors. But it's interesting because the Justin Theroux yeah. character that I believe is in season three um, is also a writer. See, I wasn't sure if it was yeah. I wasn't sure if it was... If it was, like, him? Him later, yeah. Because I was watching yeah. it being like, but this guy seems kind of skeezy, so I feel like it's not the guy in season three. <laughs> I know. But so this Justin Throw character kind of gives, once again, the... Op- it was kind of like um, Timothy Oliphant. It, it's like with the same character. Yeah. A younger guy, schmoozy, cool, wears like funky glasses. Too suave, way yeah. too suave. Like basically says groovy and chow within ten seconds, and like that's just not okay. You know, that's just not okay. It's basically the equivalent of someone wearing a fedora and a camo shirt. Just pick one. You know, pick one. Um, yeah, totally. This is just too much. Two a.m. and I already had a new man in my life. You know, the greatest thing about writing a successful book, besides the validation, the acclaim, is knowing that I'm pumping my ideas into the world. I thought it was the fact that you could behave like an utter asshole and people would find you amusing. I'm like in love with you, you know that? I'm like fucking in love with you. So I, you know, he, but he is an interesting symbol for Carrie because he represents, well, you know, I don't have to be with you, Vic. I can, here's this guy who's showing, like, insane interest in me, and I'm going to kind of toy this in front of Big. And we see that when she, after that dinner party that she goes to with Big, and the friend, Big's friend, Jack, I think, I don't know, says something like, oh, you're a sex columnist. Well, you're dating the right guy here. And so Carrie's getting a better picture of Big, yeah. that he is a non-monogamous, that he's a serial kind of right. womanizer, ladies' man. Um, and then Carrie yeah. has this great, yeah. great line during that party. And she says, um, are we dating? I thought we were just sleeping together. And then Big's retort is, well, I'm not sure after tonight we will be doing much of either. Like, he knows, like, this is not <laughs> going well. And she is super unhappy. Yeah. Um, she ends up like yeah. ditching the party, leaves, and then meets up with this Justin Throw character, and is so and is like, I don't think she's tempted by him, but she wants to show big, like, if you can do it, so can I. Like I have options. I have yeah. options. Or like, but then she calls or two him. can play this game. Yeah, two can play that game. Yeah, she she like calls him and she's like, meet me here, you know, and just like it's like there's a guy who's really hot, and I was like, wow, bold moves, like clearly drunk. Um, Really wow. bold move. Again, that's another. There's just it's so transparent how like insecure she is. But like yeah. she has the right to be insecure in this scenario. It's just I would never show my cards like that. Like I know. I don't. I know. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a Virgo, but <laughs> I rather like be a little bit more cunning about how I. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Approach my... the situation. My like goal was to have no one ever know what guy ever know what I was ever feeling ever, and maybe it's the Capricorn in me that it's like I'm gonna keep my cards really close <laughs> to my chest. So, so yeah, calling him and and like be acting so desperate, I was like, dear God. But it was um, so obvious. It was like it was so well, obvious. I could fuck someone too. <laughs> I know. I was so appalled by this, but. You know, and then he shows up at the park. They have this little fight about what's the front and the back. And also a guy showing up at 3 a.m. at a park. Like, he's clearly interested. I thought that was a little unrealistic that he showed yeah. up. This isn't the front. 
This is the back. I've been waiting out front for 30 goddamn minutes. You see those doors? That's the front. You were waiting at the street entrance. The street entrance is the front entrance. Depending on where you're coming from. Okay. I'm here. Now, what's going on? Um, but this, and I know we're yeah. reaching at the end of the episode, but I feel like this is kind of capping off their their plot line. She asks, yeah. she, she's basically saying, you know, I want someone to stand God. still with. And he's like, you called me to the park to stand still. And then they sit there. He doesn't even answer her. She just I, smiles Sarah? and looks up at the sky. And once again, we're left with Big being ambiguous. And she's satisfied so with I ambiguity. Have the same, I have the same exact note, which is she she's, you know, emphasizing that she, you know, you know, has been through the revolving door, as she says before. And, and I totally understand that. And that she just has found someone wonderful who makes her laugh. And it's someone she just wants to stand still with. And then she, she asks him, do you want to stand still with me? And then it like is not answered. And he just puts his arm around her. He interprets it literally. <laughs> He inter- yeah, he, he, he takes a literal response. He puts his arm around her and they just stand still. Still, and she's happy. Yeah. Oh my God, I know. So yeah, this, this, is, this is actually amazing to rewatch this season because you, you are now understanding the framework for their relationship, how their relationship was yeah. so fucked up from the beginning, that it, that it was so many mixed signals, lots of things left up for interpretation. And I think no. Carrie says this during the episode. She's like, I'm worried that I was projecting what I was feeling onto what he must have been feeling. Um, but, right. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we've all right. had that experience, right, where we are we were more into somebody than they are. Um, right. And they give you mixed signals. Yeah, totally. Know. And um, before I forget, we have a double mm-hmm. dip again with another actor <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I know I chuckled I know what you're talking about the, the dinner party guy <laughs> so okay so they're at this party like cocktail party thing uh Carrie and Big and um Big runs into a friend and this guy is later in the fashion show episode he is the photographer that is photographing yes. Carrie when she's at Dolce & Gabbana <laughs> And I laughed because, again, I don't know if people listened to a few episodes ago, but for the longest time, I thought this was Brian Cranston. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, there's Brian Cranston slash, no, 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 that's not Brian Cranston, but like the same guy. Like, wait, <laughs> slash, why did they get Brian Cranston? <laughs> How did they get um, Brian? Well, I guess this is before. Yeah, so they double dip there. Interesting. Okay, this is something we need to continue watching for because, wow, um, very odd writing choices. Um, okay, we have two other amazing plot lines. Okay, so... Yeah, wh- why not? Just Justin throw. You can do it, right? So, Sarah, what are the other plot lines? Oh, which one do you want to get through yeah, first? Yeah, what are the other plot lines? Okay, so we have the the really funny one that there's not a lot to like analyze with it. Um, well, maybe there is, but as as the Mirandas, we've got to talk about the Miranda Skipper plotline because it is amazing. <laughs> we have some of our really great Miranda lines, and then there's also the Charlotte blowjob right. line um, and plotline. So both 
really worthy of so, our time. Which one do well, you want to go so to? So I think it's important for our audience to note that we have now instituted a Miranda yes. call-out chime. What are you going to do over there without your job? Eat croissant? Um, last week it was the sarcasm chimes. Yes. Um, these are all kind of in the same vein, whether it's Miranda calling out a double standard between men and women, Miranda, you know, saying something very modern or something cynical, but also that holds some truth to it. Um, so we do have a Miranda call out chime in, um, this skipper scenario. Mm -hmm. Do you want to just, um, cause oh, I, yeah. I actually... <laughs> Paint, paint, paint the, scene. the scene because there is an amazing quote that I didn't even realize was season one this whole time that I probably like mentally quote on a weekly basis. I, I know. <laughs> I know exactly which okay. one you're talking about. So let's first talk about the set up the scene of how this okay, other yes. woman comes into play. Carrie is at the dinner with Miranda that she mentioned in which she's going to like spin and spiral right. about big. During this dinner, Skipper walks up, a man of the town. He's got this new woman, Allison, on the arm. And Miranda looks up kind of like a, hmm, you know, who is she, Skipper? You know, and Miranda, <laughs> as we know, fucking loathes Skipper. But she sees Skipper with this new, with this new shiny object, this new Allison girl. You know, and she says she works at Vogue. Yeah, her ears kind of perk up when she hears that. Right? And then she says Vogue, and then she says she lived in Paris for a year, and that she found, and she was just totally bragging. Like, we found this little bistro, and go to it before the Times writes it up. Just, like, fucking being that girl that you don't want to see a guy that you dated with, just because they're being... I feel like I would say shit like that, to be honest, but... <laughs> I'm sure we all would. We'd also make fun of people who do that. This is just how it is. So then Miranda has this great line where Skipper and Allison walk away. And Miranda says, who was that bitch? No, who was that self-important bitch? I love that so Who's much. Who's that self-important bitch? It feels good to be sarcastic. And it's amazing. It's like classic it's classic, unnecessary girl hate. There's no reason to dislike this person. But everyone knows how Miranda was feeling and whatever. And so it's just so funny because... Mar it perfectly summed up how this, like, woman was acting. <laughs> she dropped so many, like, anecdotes about yeah. her, like, glamorous life. <laughs> I know. And then and, and we all know Miranda doesn't, you know, always... She has kind of a hard time thinking of herself highly. You know, she's confident and smart, but this woman was kind of dangling little things that maybe Miranda didn't have. And it brings into question for Miranda, well, you know, is Skipper... Maybe I made a mistake. And so it the, the next scene, it goes to Skipper literally having sex with Allison passionate on top sex. of her, and the phone rings. And Miranda starts leaving passionate sex he's into it and the phone rings and the machine picks up and i do miss machines i think people answering need to bring machines back yeah voicemail messages like that and answering machines and miranda starts talking and is you know saying it was so good to see you blah 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 and his ears perk up you know he's still with the girl his ears perk up and then she says one comment I, and I, did you do something different with your hair? And that just like gets him to pick up the phone. And he immediately, he immediately picks it up and like plans, you know, he's like, I can't talk right now. As if like, you know, he's like doing work or something. And Question, did, did he do something with his hair? <laughs> <laughs> 
He still looks like an off-brand Tom Hanks, and he's always going to look that way. And so I don't think he could fucking shave his head, and he would still look like a bad Tom Hanks. Um, and I love that Miranda was like, hey, Skipper, it was so nice running into you. And it's like, that is a bold-faced <laughs> lie. <laughs> like, you... Yeah, you're just jealous. You despise you... him. <laughs> yeah. You despise him. You hate him. Anyway, so then... Famous Here line. comes the line that is so classic in Sex in the City. Famous line. I didn't realize I'll, it was season one. I'll take one it away. Do you want to give um, it? So he picks up his, it's not a rotary yeah. phone, but it might as well be. <laughs> it's like a bright yellow phone. And he picks it up and he's like, hey, uh, 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 Miranda, like yada, 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 that he wants to get, you know, see her again and yada, yada. And then he hangs up. And um, the, what's the girl's name? Allison? Allison. He goes, hey, yeah, so Allison, and I'm like, I've heard this before, is kind of how I was feeling. He's like, hey, Allison, so I really like you, and I've had a great time with you, but the woman I called, sorry, the woman I love just called, and, you know, I don't think this is really going to work out between us. And she goes, <laughs> you're breaking up with me, and you're still inside me? <laughs> you're breaking up with me while you're still inside of me? While you're still inside me. I love it so good. And it's a great line. I think about it all the time. It's such a good line. And I completely forgot that this was a skipper plot line. Because for some reason I thought Miranda said it. Right. Um, Because that seems like what Miranda would say. But, oh yeah. No, it was was a really great line. Um, And then that leads us to Skipper and Miranda. We see them, you know, they're in bed together they've had a nice night and skipper is so infatuated he's like yes i'm back i'm he's back like this is relishing what I every moment so he says don't i love this don't you just want to lie like this forever and miranda's like well for a few minutes <laughs> i thought that was so funny for some reason like something like can't we do this forever and they're like yeah for a few minutes <laughs> um and then basically miranda's like you wait, you you picked up the phone while you were like, he's like, yeah, literally, when I was like in the act. And he's like, that's how crazy I was. She's like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and then he gets upset because you just can't, you know, this is a great skipper line. He's like, you can't just like, you know, bounce me around or whatever. And he's like, I'm not your private stud horse, you know, <laughs> Miss Dial of Fuck. <laughs> I love the stud horse come. <laughs> I'm not your... Private stud horse, Miss Dialog, <laughs> which is so not Miranda, and just for some reason, like the Miranda character being framed within Skipper, she just looks like such a bitch, totally, and he looks like such a loser. Like they bring out the worst in each other, and so I think this ties into yeah. the theme of monogamy. That you know, not monogamy is not what everyone wants, right. and. I like that this episode didn't paint it as a picture that, like, monogamy is the only way to be happy. Miranda's kind of like, I was kind of just feeling jealous when I saw you, and I kind of wanted what I wanted. Um, But, and yeah, but it's, I thought this was a great Miranda plot line, because it, I don't know, I can't remember if this ties Skipper, it ends the Skipper-Miranda relationship. I I think Skipper pops in in maybe one more time in the season. I might be wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe the season finale. I've said that multiple times when we were talking about it. He's not. Well, I actually wanted to talk about, like, so the motif this episode is clearly, like, monogamy. And, like, 
whether it's love or whether it's yeah. real estate in New York, um, and just how Samantha's, mm. you know, parallel in this silly theme is her cheating on her real estate broker with another real estate broker um, who shows her other apartments, but she also is sleeping with this real estate broker. And I love when she's seeing this apartment yeah. like late night, this um, handsome British real estate broker showing her this apartment and she's like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. Like she loves the apartment. And then they stop making love and he, like her her top comes off her dress and um then he pulls her top down he pulls yeah. her top down and then all of a sudden a door opens to the place and it's her other real estate broker and he covers her boobs <laughs> to like shield and protect oh her. yeah it was so good <laughs> profanity and <laughs> The real I love that the real estate broker is only upset that she's working with another real estate broker <laughs> and not the fact that they're like having sex in this vacant apartment but building. In an apartment, she, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I can't believe you use another broker. And Samantha's like, I can't believe you wouldn't show me this apartment. Which I was like, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she has a point. <laughs> it kind of it, it really it speaks to the different relationships we have in our lives that aren't always intimate, but do demand a sense of loyalty and trust. And yeah. how Char and Samantha's like, well, fuck it. What's 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 best for me? Um, I have felt this with the person who colors my hair. Interesting. Um, I have felt I felt like an intense loyalty yes. to her for a bit, but then her prices were so outrageous that I was like, I can't yeah. go back to you like. Ethically, mm. this is just against my morals to spend know, this much money. I know. Um, but I wanted to go to someone else at the same oh, salon, no. so I would like intentionally <laughs> book an appointment when I knew she wouldn't be there. And then, of course, the last, last time I went, she was there. <laughs> it, 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 the levels of stalking I had to figure this out. It's, I'm not proud of it because I didn't want to quote unquote cheat on her. And then I finally, like, when we saw, um, she doesn't care. Like, she's a successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's super successful and wonderful. She yeah. just costs too much. Um, but it, I just, I love how the monogamy was portrayed in this, like, other relationships right, that we right. have with people. Um, okay, we, this episode has so much into it. We've got to talk about the Charlotte plot line. This is Very a great plot Charlotte line. plot line. We're really just winding up for this one. Um, Sarah, why don't you just quickly do mm -hmm. a little bit, like, a mini recap of this Charlotte dynamic? Okay, mini recap. Um, at the beginning of the episode, we mentioned how Charlotte says she thinks she's found the one. She has this, she <laughs> finds this great guy. It seems like things are going well, but there seems to be this little issue. And this is mentioned at that dinner when the girls first meet up after Carrie's like disappearance. And the guy will take his head, his hand, and push her head down so she'll give him a blowjob. Yes. And she's resisting. And it's this, as one of the girls said, I thought this was absurd. <laughs> Um, I wrote this quote down. The classic dating ritual, the blowjob tug of war. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, so Sh Sh Charlotte is encountering this allegedly classic dating ritual of a guy wanting to um, receive head and Charlotte not wanting to do it. Then this, we're going, we're kind of toggling back and forth in the episode. But at this dinner, the girls start talking about the merits of giving head. Miranda has this really wise line, right, where she says, you know, I only give head to get head. Great line. Um, <laughs> and 
great line. Um, I was going to say Carrie has a line that I actually really resonate with, which yes. is she says, you know, um, it's not her giving a blowjob. It's not her favorite thing on the menu, but with the right guy, she'll order it from time to time. I'm more in that boat. Um, I don't. Great line. I Great honestly, line. like, I don't know, maybe I'm divulging too much into my personal interests, but I'm not that into it unless it's with the right person. I'm not going to just, like, be like, here you go. Like, nothing's free, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Oh, my God. See, now now that I know that my mom and dad listen to this, I'm so afraid to, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> to, to divulge anything. <laughs> but I'll say, um have been a fan and will always be a fan. <laughs> okay. Dad, don't listen. I was kidding. Well, not really. But you just I, gave the most aggressive <laughs> response. <laughs> you know, whatever. So I, I think um, I think <laughs> Samantha even says, um, you know, plus the sense of power is a turn on. You may, may you may be on your knees, but you've got them by the balls. Classic Samantha line. That's my Samantha zinger for the week. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. That's that's my zinger. Is that your zinger? Oh yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like I kind of like ruined that zinger because that's usually a big reveal. But um, but it's a great one. I never really have thought about it in that way, and I really. I like that, um, I don't know, I just like that kind of sense of power that she's bringing to light because I think, you know, speaking for myself, it can feel really demeaning sometimes, that act, you know? Yeah, and that's what Charlotte's experiencing. Yeah, and I'm definitely, like, team Charlotte in that regard, which is, like, for me, it has to be, like, the right person or, like, more Mm -hmm. of, like, my, with my partner or whatever. But I, you know, it's, it's, um, it, 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 yeah, it does feel like demeaning at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully if you're with the right person, it doesn't, um, it feels not like you are being forced to do it, which Charlotte in this episode, um, it, it's kind of happening to her where the guy is pushing her head yeah. down and forcefully, like her yeah. neck is craning. And and the whole time his sweet golden retriever is watching. And I thought that was like a, a really funny like piece of writing that they had the dog watch, who's just so loyal. Like like who like he the dog doesn't give a shit. The dog will be monogamous to yeah. that, you know, owner. Um but the, the eventually, you know, they're having this great time, and then Charlotte finally has one of her Charlotte moments. This happened the other time about yeah. the up the butt. You know, classic Charlotte where she then kind of reveals to him, like, I yeah. just can't do that. You know, I can't. And then the guy's response is fascinating. What's the problem? I hate doing it. You hate giving blowjobs? It's not that big of a deal, is it? Well, sort of. Can't you just do it for me? Would you really want me to do something that I didn't want to do? You'll get used to it. No, I won't. I never have. Sorry. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> um, his line, which I thought was so absurd. A mind fuck is what it was. Right, right, yeah. I plan on getting a lot of blowjobs in the future, and I'm hoping you're around when I get them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> basically, she's she's like, you would give this up, the woman of your dreams, possibly the mother of your children for a blowjob? And it's like clearly like really, really important to him. And then he says something like, no, you're right. Well, will you at least <laughs> lick my balls? <laughs> and she's like, no. And she, she leaves. Um, and then, you I know. I kind of thought that might be an okay middle ground, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, sure. You know, you got to work with them a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, because here's the deal. Would you be with a guy who said, I never go down, I, I never go down on women. I just don't like it. It's not going to happen. Well, here's the thing. So this is where I have very mixed feelings, as I okay. uh, mentioned in the beginning of the episode, which is like, okay, gosh, and I can, I can see like, I feel like I'm already arguing with like a man about this, but... You know, I... Let's go. You got this. This is the place okay, to do it. Go. I think that, um, you know, women giving blowjobs, like, I feel like there are a lot of men, or at least in the past decades, where it was, like, some sort of sense of entitlement, like it was supposed to happen. And I feel for so long that, you know, women's bodies were completely overlooked and their sexual needs were overlooked. And even their sexuality was performative. And I actually was talking about this with my therapist last night, which is like, I'm so over this like performative act or not this specifically, but just like as far as sex goes, like, you know, like I'm a retired actor at this point. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to like, I'm not going to fake it. Like, I actually don't even want to encourage this fucking behavior and like. I think like men need to know what's yeah. up and I and 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 that said I don't think I, I mean maybe now things are different but I think like just looking at this episode I don't think at the time like men were quite as forthcoming um going down on women as it was expected for women to go down on men and that's where oh, I yes. um and that's where I think, I think Charlotte is kind of like me, I don't know if like maybe that's what's going on in Charlotte's head on some level, which is like, I don't want to have to like do this, like perform this for you. Yeah, I don't like it, and I don't want to. Yeah, and I don't like having having to do something. Like I would like it if I actually didn't have to do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's Very where my so. feelings are. But also at the same time, it's like you know, as Miranda said. You know, I only give head to get head. So, you know, ultimately, I kind of view this as, again, it's with the right person who understands my needs and is not completely um, sexually, like, ignorant. Because I feel like a lot of younger men um, in their early 20s or younger, like, have Mm -hmm. no idea what women what female pleasure is to be honest um (laughs) like there are and like i i cringe at the times where i oh yeah i mean either faked it or just like just didn't even have enough energy to have to explain to them what they were doing was not doing anything you're literally reading my mind and then women women become it becomes almost ingrained to not enjoy it to just like get through it or to do this because it's going to lead to somehow right. a deeper connection with the person. Instead of focusing on what you actually enjoy, what you like, you're, it's more like, well, this is kind of a ticket into somewhere where I want to go. Um, 
I totally agree with you about the retired actor. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good line. I like love that. Sarah and I were actually at a um, like a small party one time. I think it was like a housewarming in Grand Point. Brooklyn. Okay, she knows. <laughs> okay, we gotta keep names anonymous. Anonymous, anonymous. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we're there, and one of our yep. um, guy friends who we love bragging about how he makes um, this person like orgasm every time he's with them. And we we're both like. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, right. And then, well, but he also said he never thought that a woman faked it with him. Oh, And this is going to lead us. I'm wondering if we should even save this gem of a story for the episode when Miranda has to finally reveal to the guy that she's been faking it the whole time. I think that's season two. Because this conversation. I would like to talk about it and then like. Okay, let's go, and then we'll bring it back up because okay. this conversation. So basically, yeah, um, yes, I remember that conversation dearly, <laughs> dearly. Um, well, the, the we were shocked <laughs> that a man assumed that every time he was with somebody they had an orgasm, and that they he they he didn't it didn't even <laughs> register. It didn't even register that someone could be faking it. Like it wasn't even in like a in like a possibility. And so it was like two realities like colliding in which we're like we fake it all the time. And what you assume is like, there, like it's yeah, not it like, was oh my god, it was so great. I Just know like watching, watching his face process it, and and then ultimately like you see his wheels turning, and there's like there's like a moment of silence, <laughs> and then he looks at us and goes. Uh, there's something wrong with you two. Yeah, I know. He I said walked it was away and I us. died. But you I know, died. that's fine. I know. And I'll never forget that, though. And, like, I also, we were young. He was young. This is not a knock on him. It's not a knock on us. It's just. It's a little knock. A great conversation yeah. to have about sex. We're, like, a lot. <laughs> okay. okay. So, where different realities are coming into play here in which men's sometimes expectations are very different from women's and, you know, so on and so forth. But yeah. and I think a lot of that like is related to like porn too, and oh like, yeah, oh yeah, P- porn. The porn that I think guys our age grew up on was designed by white men, solely by white men who. So like, um, so my partner yeah. like is really into VR, and I actually think VR is really cool. Uh, VR is virtual reality for any of our Sex in the City uh, audience who might not know what VR means. <laughs> Um, and, and it doesn't have to be sexual, but I, I, um, experienced a few months ago, VR porn and, um, I was really excited about it. Not from a pleasure standpoint, but from a like anthropological standpoint, which is like, (laughs) like what the, you're the Jane Goodall of VR porn. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. What's the name of the woman who's like, um, the name of the woman who's like on the spectrum who like connects with animals? (laughs) Okay, first off, I shouldn't be laughing at that. She's wonderful. Um, and fuck, oh my god, Claire Danes played her. I just, I just made a bet with Dakota. I was like, I bet you don't know Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin. On Temple Grandin. I think she is freaking, she has brought to light so much like, cool knowledge about people 
And but that was me essentially watching VR porn, which is like I know going into this that I'm not going to understand what's happening, and I will do my best. To okay, I don't fully understand how this connects to Chapel <laughs> Grandin or Jane Good- or Jane Goodall, but you know what though, I, I see okay. where you're going. Both people with extreme passions for what they do, and I'm there yeah, for okay, it. Okay, so basically, I put on the headset, and um, you know, I was told in advance by my partner and his roommate that it's it's going to be guy porn. And I was like, what does that mean? And they were saying, like, it's it's going to be, like, stuff that we're into that, like, you might be grossed out by. And I was like, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so I put on the headset. Okay. And there was, there was nothing that was even remotely or peripherally anything I'd be interested in. It was just uh, the, the <laughs> acting, again, <laughs> terrible acting. <laughs> and... And the and the, oh, the POV yeah. POV the point of view is like I was like this guy like sitting on like a wicker chair poolside, and like <laughs> this girl was like, hey, this like virtual lady was like on top of me, and was like, how's it going? And then she like went down to like give me a blowjob, and I was like, this is so weird. I mean, it's weird, but also it's just, it's also oh just. Oh my god. I didn't oh know my god, it's that. fascinating. But you know what? There was... <laughs> I have never been less aroused in my life. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, okay. And it's like this person essentially pantomiming that they're like giving you a blowjob. And it's and so... it's performance. It's, it's a bad, bad performance. performance. And then I tried to like flip through and see what the other options were. And then, okay, I don't need... I don't even need to get into like the female porn they had because it was like literally the grossest guys ever who were just like completely jacked, <laughs> so tan, <laughs> covered in tats, oh, like <laughs> receding hairline, just like. <laughs> oh my. I but you know what though I think that that is oh, what men God. think women I hope want. Not. It's and not. it's just not. And I thought I was gonna it, like it just isn't. Yeah. You can always tell you can always tell porn that was written by men that they think is designed for women and it's always bad. I wanted to gag. And um and yeah, and, and it yeah. was interesting to just observe like all the different things. Like I didn't go through all of them, but like I could even just look at the thumbnail and and see how fake and performative the porn was. Like and I I, I even mm-hmm. asked them. I was like, "Do you actually like this and they were like yeah you know it like just you're like from a sociological perspective i am fascinated but does this work for you the costume because... design is terrible the set design is terrible and they they are, are clearly faking it and like the orgasms don't even sound normal you know so um yeah that just that's mm. just like kind of like a porn anecdote where it's like wow that was an experience where i was like wow we're really like men and women can be really experiencing completely different expectations of what they think pleasure is for their um, counterpart. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, tying this into Charlotte's point was that she, I think it's kind of nice that she advocated for herself and she didn't just do it. You know, Charlotte throughout this series shows us that she can be really strong and that she can say, that's not what I want. I don't want that. She doesn't just, you know, succumb to certain sexual things because... Mm you know, men want her to. And in a lot of ways, she was kind of posed as a character who does exactly yeah. what men want to. But she doesn't. And so I, I like that. I like that they show that women, if you don't like no. something, you don't have to fucking do it. No. And you don't and need to I also reason. was thinking like, wow, I mean, yeah. I don't know. This is like kind of a weird comment, but I was thinking like, wow, like I would love to have Charlotte as a wife, you know? Like she just seems like she She's cares. She's a good wife. <laughs> Yeah, she seems like she cares so much and, you know, she is pleasant to be around and she's pretty and smart and I don't know. So that was... Do you know what's funny? The thought that I, that I had during this was I was I was wondering, do you think that she gave Harry blowjobs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think she was a freak around yeah. Harry. Yeah. And I think she did it to Trey, too. and Because I, I think with Trey, there's a lot of, like, sexually explicit things that she did that we'll get into when yeah. season four comes along. Well, I think along. she was so, like, horny um, at that point. She but, was like, yeah, Trey. She's like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. <laughs> um, okay, so this episode was great. I know we kind of toggled around a little bit. We didn't do this one in chronological order. We talked about it based yes. on character plot lines. Um, but this is setting us up for a lot of the season with yes. Carrie and Big. You know, next week is um, Three's yes. a Crowd. And that talks about, we, lear- we learn a little bit yes. about Big's past. And this, again, gets Carrie's wheels turning. Um, I think we need to do rating and we need to do fashion. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Let's do fashion because I was... More than any episode, okay. I was just typing away at things that I, I loved. I Okay, so I'll just call out the things that I loved. I loved yeah. Samantha's fringe purple dress. Like, at the bodice, there was fringe. And it was, like, mm-hmm. this super fun purple color and then, like, spaghetti straps. It was cinched at the waist. I, I loved mm-hmm. that dress. Um, I loved Carrie's, like, 1950s, like, you know, diner style almost, like, wrap dress. That had a collar. The yellow one? Yeah. That seemed like something you would wear. I feel like you own something like that. Probably. I loved it. I loved it. And then, and yeah. then you know, I did love um, Carrie's hair and makeup with that gray, that mm-hmm. silver silk dress she wore to the party. She had her really curly hair, like, um, put up, but it was like tendrils were, like, kind of, like, cascading down a little bit. I thought that was really pretty. I love when she has big frizzy curly hair like totally natural she's never it's never super done um i always i loved carrie's tight blue dress i love carrie in a tight dress yeah she has such an amazing figure like a a knockout body and when she wears a like form fitting dress i think that's how everyone wants to look in a dress like that because it she really just absolutely looks stunning i love a simple dress on her with like some good She's petite, but she has curves. I was going to say she's petite, but she has a great hourglass figure. I mean, I would never look the way she did after eating dinner. I mean, I know that I love salt. and I No would one would. Yeah. Leave like a hot air balloon. <laughs> that blue water grill or wherever they were. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. She doesn't have the gluten problem I have. But, um, <laughs> yes, I thought, I thought she looked great. So what do you want to rate this episode? 
I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. Oh, I am giving this episode a solid four out of five Manolo Blahniks. I was going to say the same thing. We are finally at a four. So, guys, if episode seven, hear it now, is a solid four out of five Manolo Blahniks. We have not reached a five yet, but this is pretty peak Sex and the City. I don't know what a five is, though. I don't oh, know I know what a five. I already have a five in my head. Can you just say it? Or Should I tell you? Not? Just say it. It's the episode with the post-it note when the girls go out on the Solid town. Solid five. Yeah. Solid yeah. five. It's a great episode. It, it's so yeah. fantastic. Oh, my God. You're right. Um, but this there is are a, solid a lot of fives. There's some fives yeah. because we're in season one. We're in like we're. I think we're only giving this a four because it's the best of what we've seen so so yeah. far. Whereas like once yeah. you get into season four, there's some good stuff. Oh, season there's three, a, there's good shit. There's a, there's more that season we can, five. I don't yeah. know. There's more character development now, and I also love that Eden a, isn't even in this tray. Harry, like we yeah. are not in the, yeah. in it yet. And I also love that like Big's character is also developing. I like that there's a male character that's developing. I think it's really important. To have a male character in a series that's Who's about, not Skipper. <laughs> who's not Skipper. <laughs> in a series about sex. I think it can't just be just like a woman's point of view. I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's getting into kind of good territory. Yeah. I think we're um, super excited to record next week and discuss Three's a Crowd because we have a fantastic Miranda plotline next week. So guys, we tune do. in next week because we have some really peak Miranda who tries to seek a threesome for validation. It's amazing. All right. Well, I'm Gilly. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And, and we're the Mirandas. We're See the you next Mirandas. week. See you next week. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs>